For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the cross requires cling to the Jonah, the book of Jonah. We all think of it as a, as a kid's story for Sunday school for little children. But the truth is, this is here for us adults. This is here for us to learn from. This is here for us to look at the book of Jonah as we're looking in a mirror and reflect it upon ourselves as what we need to change in our own selves So look with me now in the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter number one. And the Bible says, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. When he said go and cry, he means go and preach. Go and tell them to get right, to repent, to get right with the Lord. And it started with, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Ladies and gentlemen, what word of the Lord has God given to you for you to do? Because as we're going to look today at what Jonah was called to do, what are you uh, called to do? Now Jonah, Jonah did not like them. He did not like that nation. And he had a reason not to. They were very harsh to his people they had i'm sure done some mean horrendous terrible things to his people verse number three says but jonah rose up to flee unto tarshish from the presence of the lord and went down to joppa and he found a ship going to tarshish so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto tarshish from the presence of the lord now tarshish was the complete opposite other way from where he was supposed to go. He was trying to run from the presence of the Lord. And as foolish as we think that is, because we know now we have the New Testament, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. You cannot get away from him. But how many times do we try to hide or get away or get out of what God wants us to do? Like maybe forgiving someone or loving someone or caring for someone or going the extra mile for someone. And we run the other way. We try to get out from the presence of the Lord. And that's what he's trying to do here. And this city, Nineveh, you know, the Assyrians is who they were. And they were some brutal people. I mean, they had some brutal practices. They would come into a country and they would take it over and they would pick it apart. And I mean, they would take the craftsmen and say, okay, you're, you're, you're a good coppersmith. We're going to take you and we're going to send you to the other end of another region where you know nobody. 
and you're going to work there. And then they would do that with everybody and they would pick them apart and they'd send them all around. And what they do, they break up those little cliques and that would keep a rising from coming up and want to take back their territory. Not only that, they had some of the most horrendous torture practices ever known to mankind. They're the ones, the Assyrians are the ones that came up with skinning somebody alive. In other words, filleting the skin off of them while they're alive, inflicting the maximum amount of pain without actually killing the person. I mean, they had some horrendous things. And that's who God wanted Jonah to go preach to. And Jonah knew that God was a gracious, loving, fair, righteous, holy, grace-giving God. And he knew that God would forgive them if they would get right. And let me tell you, God's still the same today. The most horrendous, vile, wickedest person you can think of, God loves them and wants them to repent of their sins and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here, Jonah, he runs, he buys a ticket, he gets on a ship, and he's trying to flee from the presence of the Lord. But in this book, there's one time that the Lord sent out something. Now there's four other times where the Lord prepared something for Jonah, but there's just one time where it was sent out. In verse number four, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea that the ship would like to be broken. God made a storm arise in his life because he was going to get Jonah's attention. Listen to me. There's a spiritual lesson there. A lesson there. God will make a, a storm rise in your life to get your attention. If you're going the wrong way, if you're not doing what he's called you to do, if you're off the path, if you've gone the other way, God, listen to me, God can send out a great wind after you, a great storm to get you back where you should be, where he wants you to be. And that's exactly what the Lord's doing here. The Lord sent out a great wind, so much so that the, the mariners, the people that were on the ship, the captains and the crew, they were afraid they, they got so afraid, they started throwing everything off the ship to lighten the ship uh, so it wouldn't smash into the rocks. But Jonah, it said, had went down into the, to the cabin, if you will, underneath the ship, and he had fell asleep. And the shipmaster went down there to him. He said, what do you mean you're sleeping? He said, arise, call upon your God that we may not perish. And verse 7, and they were said, every one of them to his fellow, come and let us cast lots that we may know who caused this evil. And the Bible says the lot fell upon Jonah. And when, the, when it says they cast lots, I don't mean they were rolling dice up against the wall. Each person carried a little stone with them, and that stone had their own personal markings on it. And they would put that stone in a jar and shake it up, and they would reach in there and blind and just pick one out. And whosoever stone came out, that's who was chosen. For whatever they were doing and this time Jonah was chosen and there's several times in the Bible where they cast lots one would be the disciples uh, after Jesus was gone they said well there was 12 of us so we must need another one and they picked out I think his name was Matthias I may have that wrong but I know you only hear his name once or twice and then you don't hear from him no more 
because that was their pick. That wasn't God's pick. I believe Paul, the Apostle Paul, was God's pick to replace the number 12. But they were casting lots. When Jesus has died on the cross, the Bible says that the soldiers cast lots for his garment. And that's exactly what it's talking about. They put that rock in a jar. They shook it up. And they reached in there. That's what they did with Jonah. And they picked it out. And they knew that Jonah was the one causing them evil. And he tells them in verse number 9, And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. And the Bible says those men were exceedingly afraid. They knew all this was happening because of Jonah was running from the Lord. And it says, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord. They took Jonah and they cast him over the side into the sea. And the storm subsided. Why did it subside? Because God had accomplished what he wanted to accomplish in that ship. He got Jonah off that ship. God may have a storm in your life because he wants to get you off that ship. You've got to take action. You've got to admit it. It's me, Lord. I'm the one that you're calling. I'm the one that's being disobedient. It wasn't the rest of the people on the ship. It wasn't the captain of the ship. It was Jonah is the one that was being disobedient to the Lord. And they picked him up and they threw him overboard. And it says those men feared the Lord exceedingly. And they even offered a sacrifice unto the Lord. But here's the first time the Lord had prepared something for Jonah. In verse number 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And we know this is a picture of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection because Jesus was in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And when he arose, he had the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He has power over it. Chapter 2 of Jonah. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell. Cried I, and thou hearest my voice. It amazes me that he calls this, I cried of the belly of hell. That's what he called it. Now, we know that's not hell, like hell in the Bible, like burning fire and brimstone hell. But that was apparently, that was his hell. He felt like he was in hell, maybe. Of course, he, he wasn't. But he said, God heard my cry. Listen to me. God can hear your cry. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you're inside of a fish at the bottom of the ocean, God can hear your cry. God can answer your prayer. You know what God wanted Jonah to do? He wanted Jonah to humble himself and realize that he's running from the Lord and he's running from what God had called him to do. And this is why. It's because he didn't like those people. He didn't want nothing to do with those people. He didn't want those people to repent. He didn't want God to give them grace and mercy. But he knew God would if they would just repent. And he was upset about it. Because like I said, I'm sure they had done many horrendous things to his people. But it does amaze me. Because it's the exact picture of what Jesus into the heart of the earth three days and three nights. And when he arose, he had the keys to death and the hell. 
and here Jonah is in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights, and he says, I'm crying out of the belly of hell. He said, y'all, you heard my voice. God can hear your voice. Ladies and gentlemen, your hurts, your sorrows, your pains, your troubles, your heartaches. But first and foremost, he just had to humble himself. And what other choice did he have, ladies and gentlemen? Let me tell you, you're just like him. You're in that fish, and there's no other choice. Even if you feel like you haven't, I have another choice, I can do this. No, all of them are bad choices. Any other choice, Jonah would have made would be a bad choice. But God heard him. God heard his cry out of the belly of hell. He says in verse 5, The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me around about. The weeds wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountain. The earth where her bars was about me forever. Yet... Hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O my Lord? When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. He said, when I was at my lowest of my low of my low, I cried unto the Lord, and that prayer went up before the Lord. You may be at the lowest point of your life that you ever dreamed you'd be, but listen to me, your prayer will come up before the Lord. And God spoke to the fish. The Bible even says that in verse 10. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out, and Jonah upon the dry land. Now, what was Jonah's option? He could have not humbled himself and cried out to God. And instead of coming out the front of the fish, he'd be coming out the back of the fish in a place he wouldn't want to be, in a state he didn't want to be in. And any time, any time that you don't humble yourself before an almighty God, you're going to start coming out the back of the fish. You're going to get things that you don't want. You're going to smell things you don't want to smell. You're going to step in things you don't want to step in. You're going to be in places you don't want to be. Why? Because God doesn't want that for you. God wants you to humble yourself before an almighty, thrice holy God. Because he has a plan for you it's his plan it's not your plan you're not going to go before god and say listen god i'm going to do this for you no you've got to obey that word of the lord and i love this i love this i love this in chapter number three listen and the word of the lord came unto jonah the second time saying arise go unto nineveh that great city and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. God, the word of the Lord, came unto Jonah a second time. Did God have to give him a second chance? No, he absolutely didn't. He could have annihilated him right there. He could have left him in that fish to rot. But he didn't. And he said the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Man, I praise God. For the second times that God has given me. Maybe the third times or even the fourth times. Thank God we serve a forgiving, gracious, loving, holy God. Who will give us another chance. 
So many times we won't give people another chance. I'm so glad that God gives us another chance. I'm so glad that God is gracious unto us. You may be listening to me and you're sitting in the White House. You may be listening to me and you're sitting in the jailhouse. But you listen to me. God's got a plan for you. And he can use people from the jailhouse to the White House. Because God doesn't care about your title. He cares about your soul. He cares about people. We're the ones that say one person is more important than the other. I don't believe God sees it like that at all. Nowhere in the Bible does it even hint to that. One soul, the price of one soul. It's so priceless that the Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life on the cross to save that person from the penalty of sin, which is a place called hell. And God wants to give you a second chance to go unto them people like he done with Jonah to bid the preaching, to preach the preaching that God has given him. In verse number three, so Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. This city was so big, it would take you three days to walk through the city. The city I live in might take me 30 minutes to get one end to the other. It's not very big. I couldn't imagine a city that big. It taking three days to cross a city. But he went into the heart of the city, the Bible says. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And if you know anything about the Bible, there's a lot of emphasis on forty days. And the number forty. The Israelite wanted to run the desert for how long? There's a big emphasis on the number 40. And he let them know in 40 days, in 40 days, the Lord that Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now this is a heathen, ungodly, wicked, vile, vicious, malicious city. I mean, if you go back to what God said about it, and he told Jonah in chapter 1, verse number 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. It was a very wicked city. So Jonah goes there to preach. He walks a day, a full day's journey, into the center of the city and starts crying, you better get right with God because God's going to overthrow this place in 40 days. And the Bible says, so the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even unto the least. It even says, for the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him covered him with sackcloth and satin ashes. That very well may be the decision that saved that city because everything rises and falls on leadership. When they saw that the king took it serious and the king put on sackcloth and ashes, they said, this must be for real. 
And he caused it, the king. He caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink. If you're in a position of leadership, whether you're saved or not, God, you, you will give an account to God for that leadership. God holds a leader to a much higher standard than he does somebody who's not in leadership. And God will judge you by that. You will give an account for that a position of power and authority. And I believe this nation was spared, first of all, because God is gracious, God is good, and Jonah's preaching. But also that when the king himself sends out a decree and the people realize that this is serious, the king's taking it serious, obviously they're going to take it serious. And verse 9 tells you, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? Now listen to what the Bible says. And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. God repented of the evil that he has said he would do unto them, and he did it not. God changed his mind because they changed. Let me tell you, God can change his mind about you if you will just change and get right with God. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It can change the outcome of your life, your kid's life, your family's life, your children's life, your home's life, everything about you. This king took it serious, the people took it serious, and God took it serious that they took it serious. He changed and said he repented. He repented not mean he sinned. God doesn't sin, but he changed his mind. He turned the other way. But you know what? Jonah was exceedingly angry. This is what he said. This is why he was so angry. In, verse, in chapter number four, verse number two, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee of evil. Jonah said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew I was going to come here and preach and tell them to get right and they get right and then you forgive them and you show them kindness, mercy, grace, and love. And he was mad about it. He did not want them to have God's grace, God's love, and God's mercy. Why? Because they had done evil unto his people. Maybe We don't know. Maybe they killed his family. But we never have a right to hold a grudge against people. And say what you like. All of us struggle with it. Some on greater levels and some not so much. But we all, and Jonah struggled with that here. And I don't see anywhere in this book where he ever fully let it go. I, I see where after this, that he was so upset, he went out of the city and he said, I'm going to just take my own life. I'm just so mad. I'm so upset. I'm just going to kill myself. And he went and he sat up on the hill and he faced the city and he said, let's just see what happened. But the Bible says, and the Lord God, this is the third thing that he prepared. He prepared a gourd and it gave Jonah shade. In the midst of his mercy and his hurt, even though he's totally wrong, God showed him grace and mercy. And what he forgot is God could have annihilated him when he did not do what God told him to do the very first thing. God could have took him out, but he showed him grace and he showed him mercy and he gave him a second chance. And that's what he did to these people. See, the very time we look at people, we go, man, why is God blessing them? I can't believe that. What in the world? God says that same grace is the same grace I'm giving you. And that's what was going on with Jonah. But he didn't let him stay too long. 
It says in chapter 4, verse 7, but God prepared a worm, and it, it took that, that vine out, that gourd out. He had no more shade. And then God prepared a vehement wind. Why? To get him out of there, to get him moving. Let's make sure that we're forgiving people, that we're showing them grace, that we're showing them mercy. And then first and foremost, that we're preaching God's word to them. Repent and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.